welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. It's so good to be with you. I, I, I pray for each of the children, so I'll tell you what. Uh, can I say Bawani? Bawani, son. Bawani. <laughs> Uh, I have a friend called Elijah. He's always trying to tell me how to say it because I don't hear the tone. He's like, no, it's bone. What did he say? Hello. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, so uh, I felt for um, Darcy that she's going to be a woman of God who will rise up with wings like eagles. That's going to be just typical of her. She, you'll just see her soaring with God. That's going to be typify uh, Darcy's life. Uh, for Rima, uh, I just had the, the phrase of Psalm 23 about being a good sheep, because we know we've got a good shepherd, and we were singing, good, good father, but she's going to be, uh, uh, Rima's going to be a good sheep who follows and walks in paths of righteousness and, uh, and eats at green pastures, but is guided, and easily guided by the Lord. So a good sheep, David, King David was a good sheep for much of his life, and then obviously fell for a period and then became a good sheep again. And I think when he's writing about being a good shepherd, we're meant to be good sheep. Uh, and then for Anu, um, Sorry, Rima, I was looking in the wrong place. And then Anu, I've written some scroll down here that I no longer can read. Oh yeah, uh, so for Anu, sorry, over here, uh, I got the, the passage where it talks about if anyone's thirsty, uh, and it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, Anu will be thirsty for God. And rivers of living water will flow from, from within her. So I've got John 7 and uh, Psalm 23, and the other one is Isaiah 40. Uh, over here, uh, Isaiah 40. Uh, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, and uh, I have, my mum is still alive. She's 86, and still she says, We are Christians, dear. We got christened. Uh, but you say you're a born-again Christian. So my mum this week on the phone was complaining because her and her brother have been complaining about me saying, but there's born-again Christians, people who love Jesus, live for Jesus, and then there's people who say we're Christians. And, and so obviously my Uncle Gerald and my mum have been complaining to each other down in Horsham, where I'm from, uh, and uh, about me saying I'm a born-again Christian. Uh, so I grew up uh, not knowing anything about Jesus. My granddad taught me, his wisdom was, I have a rabbit's foot. It's a lucky rabbit's foot. My whole family touched wood if they were a bit superstitious. So they'd say something and then they'd say, they wouldn't say God willing like some of you would say. Uh, uh, they'd look round for wood and then everything's fine now, so they're in trouble. So, uh, so I grew up in that kind of family, but I, my dad loved sport, I love sport, I would have loved this leisure centre. I think my son has played table tennis here and won his first table tennis tournament in Blackpool. Uh, a two-star event, it was cool. Uh, so I just lived for sport, loved sport, played lots and lots of football, 
uh, and then um, as I got older, started playing tennis uh, as a teenager. And then my, I did well in O-levels, uh, but my A-levels I didn't study because all I was doing was playing tennis. And I didn't drive at this stage, I wasn't old enough to drive. Uh, and I would get on the train, I wouldn't pay, I'd jump off the train, I'd run if I had to, uh, with my tennis bag. I, 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 one day I got caught at Victoria Station in London, and uh, I have the British Rail Police come round to my house, uh, and I have to pay a £50 fine, but it still saved me loads of money. I, I travelled all, <laughs> all over the country playing tennis tournaments. Uh, so that's kind of my background, and then when A-levels came, I didn't study, I played more and more tennis tournaments, failed all my three A-levels, and, uh, and then started playing more and more tennis. Uh, and I had a friend who did the same thing down in a place called Crawley, near Gatwick Airport. So just played lots and lots of tennis. I'd worked for a place called Manpower in a bread factory for 12 hours, I'd do a shift, go and sleep, then come back to the tennis courts, and both of us got scholarships to Florida. So that's, that's how my life evolved. My mum was a teacher, so she was devastated that I wouldn't go back and reset my A-levels. My dad was a working class uh, labourer, uh, never really read. Uh, he'd read the Sun newspaper, but he wouldn't read a book. Uh, uh, but I love my dad, and he, he loved sport. So uh, I kind of made sport my God without even realising that I was worshipping something that I shouldn't be worshipping. Sport's great, but it's not meant to be the biggest thing in your life, but it was the biggest thing in my life. Uh, so I ended up in Florida. Now, my, my family uh, down in Horsham, uh, they would all say they're Christians, but they hate. Uh, there's a passage going to come up here. They hate this phrase, born-again Christians. What is a born-again Christian? Uh, well, Jesus says, truly I tell you, no one can see. In other words, you're blind. You're blind spiritually. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Then Jesus says in verse 5, truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And then uh, he says, you shouldn't be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. If you want to have a relationship with the God who made you, you go through life with him. If you want that relationship, you can't be right with God unless he changes your very nature. You can't change yourself. I tried to change myself, by the way. I started, after going to Florida uh, for a year and a half, uh, I met a Christian girl who invited me to her Presbyterian church and I started going and I was trying to clean myself up and I kept getting sent off in tennis matches because I swore all the time. If I missed a shot, I would be swearing, uh, always. Uh, and I'd try sometimes to swear quietly, but I'd get so angry if I missed shot after shot, I'd just swear very loud and they'd go, that's profanity, that's first warning, where? Like, I don't even know what profanity means. Uh, I probably swore when, when, when I was saying that to myself. Uh, and uh, the, the match would go on, I'd miss another shot, that's cursing, that match is over. I'm like, you're joking, you can't send me off, I was only swearing. Uh, and 
anyway, that was my history as on my scholarship in Florida. My coach sat down with me one day and said, you know you're representing our university and you're letting us down every time you get sent off. You're meant to be playing and representing us uh, and, and having a good uh, quality to what you do here at the university. I said, coach, I will make myself a swear box and I will put a quarter in the swear box every time I swear, I will stop this. If any of my teammates hear me swear, I'll put a quarter in the swear box and I'll give the money to charity. I had a little box, I put a quarter, quarter, it got heavier and heavier, this little box. And I, I got so discouraged, the box got full, that I, I, I just decided I can't beat this. I cannot stop swearing. I tried and tried to stop in my own strength, and I just kept swearing. So I kept the money. I never gave it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I decided the best thing I can do is to swear quietly. That's the only solution. However, I've now started going to the Presbyterian Church. And I'm more and more thinking there is a God and I want to know him. And I started praying this, God, if you're there, I knew God was there. Everybody deep down knows there's a God. And my mum, I, I remember having a conversation with her saying, you know, who, who made God? That was a conversation we had. Now, she didn't take me to church or talk about God, but I, I must have heard about God somewhere. Who made God? I don't know what my mum answered, but there's something deep within us that knows we're made by God, made in his image, to have a relationship with him, to worship him and put him first, and yet we don't do that. We worship and serve created things. I worship and serve tennis. Not, not the greatest thing. A lot of people in Liverpool, where we're living, great city, worship football. I, I enjoy watching the football, but I don't worship it anymore. I don't worship sports anymore. I put God first, or he put himself first in my life. Because what happened was, every day, I'd wake up for about, I think this happened for 10 days in a row. I prayed about a 10-second prayer. A short prayer can be very powerful. Pray your prayers. God, if you're there, take away my swear. God, if you're there, take away my swear. Day after day after day. I was in the middle of a tennis match about 10 days later. And this thought came, you are not swearing. I'm not swearing. I'm not swearing. I knew God had got hold of my life. I knew something had happened to me. I, I couldn't wait to get off the tennis court. And the minute I saw one of my friends, I said, I think I've become a Christian. And they went, oh, that's nice, and kept walking. <laughs> uh, uh, but everything changed that day. Everything changed. You will know you're born again when your old nature disappears and a new nature just takes over. Let me give you some illustrations of takes over. Um, takes over, in my case, meant... I, I, I was working illegally. I didn't care. I was making a bit of extra money coaching tennis in Florida. They all liked my accent. So, uh, they'd listen to anything I said. So I'd be coaching tennis, making a bit of extra money. Uh, and um, I reported myself to the tax uh, people in, in America. I was allowed to work on campus 12 hours a week. 
uh, and we. So, but I worked off campus as much as I wanted uh, when I wasn't playing tennis. And so I reported myself. And I get a letter back from immigration saying, we're going to deport you. And my university argued, they said, don't do that. This is an honest young man. He's just become a Christian. He's reporting himself. Uh, no one told me to report myself. I just wanted to be honest. And... Uh, um, Lots of things like that. I, I didn't study while I was in Florida either. Uh, I, I cheated. In America they have multiple choice, I'm not recommending this by the way, uh, but <laughs> multiple choice exams and I, all, all I had to do was learn who's clever in this class. That was my whole task. <laughs> if I knew who was clever, I would sit just behind them. I'd make sure they're right-handed. It was quite a skill to this. <laughs> if they're right-handed, all I had to do was sit just behind them, diagonally behind them, and I could look through here. Like that. So I would, I'd lean on, it looks like I'm studying, but I'm actually looking through here. My eyesight was great back in those days. And, I could see their answers, A, B, B, C, and I'd change one of them, because if you have exactly the same, <laughs> so I probably got one mark lower than them, but I didn't care. I would just copy, and it was all multiple choice, it was fantastic for a cheat. I, I said, God, you've got to help me stop che cheating. You've just got to help me to become a student now. And all that changed the minute this swearing thing just left. Just left. I didn't have to try, it just disappeared. I've heard people who are addicted to drugs say it, it just went when I came to Jesus. I've heard I, amazing stories. So my first exam after I became a Christian, about two weeks later, I haven't studied of course, because I haven't got into studying yet, I, I, I'm into Jesus, but I'm walking to this economics exam saying, God, let me cheat one more time. Then, then I, I promise you, I promise you I will study. I won't cheat anymore. And I just had this little thought, trust me. Trust me. That's what Christianity really is, saying, Jesus, I trust you. Trust me. I trust myself, actually. I, I know I'm going to cheat. Sit at the front. Whoa, whoa. It's like I was having a wrestling match as I'm walking towards the, the exam room and I'm getting thoughts like sit at the front, but I always sit at the back. I would, uh, and so I said, God, you're just going to have to help me. I know I'm going to cheat. Sit at the front. Trust me. So I sit right at the front, right in the middle, and, and the teacher's desk is here. I'm here. And I've got a person here and a person there. And I know that with my skills, uh, I have a set of skills. I can find them. I, I know that I can still cheat because I can look at this guy's answers. And I, so I, I send a silent prayer to heaven. God, I know I'm still going to cheat. The professor comes in. He says, stand up. Uh, I want you all to move your uh, desks. <laughs> So this guy moves that way, this guy goes that way, and I'm sitting there going, oh God, I'm going to have to reset this whole seminar, uh, which takes a whole another term, because I'm going to fail. And I just filled in, I just did it totally at random, A, B, B, D, E, uh, and I gave him my paper, went, 
went out in the room before anyone else had even half started and started complaining to God, the God I've just seen change my life. I'm saying, God, I'm going to fail this. And, and you can't keep your scholarship if your grade point average drops too far. So my grade point average was really good because I'd been cheating off really good people. So, um, <laughs> but it would soon plummet. So anyway, I'm moaning to God. Two weeks later, I get my exam back and it says 88%. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I wanted to stand up and scream because when God says trust me, you can trust him. He is so trustworthy. I am faithless. He is faithful. And I often have less faith. But he never has less faith. He's always full of faith. And he says, you must be born again. You need a change of nature. Jesus is a surgeon who can take out my old nature and put in a new one. My old nature loved me, loved whatever I chose to love. My new nature loves him, even though sometimes it's hard for me and goes against my flesh because I'm still living in this body. I'm waiting for a resurrection body. Jesus says you must be born again. And it, I don't know if you've ever lived, my Florida, my second Florida home uh, was a mobile home and it had cockroaches. And we would spray every month all around the corners because the, the cockroaches run around the corners of, of the mobile home. And there were four tennis players, two at one end, two at the other end, in this mobile home. And here's the horrible thing. If you got up and wanted a snack from the fridge at night, cockroaches love the dark. And you wouldn't turn, you're like, oh, I'm sleepy, I'll just walk towards the fridge. And, uh, and you'd go, and you'd crunch a cockroach under your foot. And usually in Florida, because it's warm, you're, you're walking barefoot in your mobile and you're not wearing slippers like you do in England. So you're crunching cockroaches. But then if you turn the light on, what happens to the cockroaches? They just disappear. You think, well, how did that great big cockroach is six foot tall? And it's just, it's just gone under the skirting board. They hate the light. There's something in us that hates the light. Until God says, let me take out that nature that loves the darkness. I'm going to put in a new nature. Have you ever seen a moth? You turn on the light, and a moth loves the light so much, it'll keep flying towards it, even if it kills it. Jesus puts in a nature, not that kills us, because his, his life is abundant life, but when he puts in a new nature in us, we love the light. We love the light. I had my cousin come up from Horsham about a month ago, and he came, he was um, just reminding me of how when I'd just become a Christian, he came out and stayed with me for two months in Florida. And he said this, you know you slept on the floor. I'm like, no, I've forgotten. You gave me your bed, you slept on the floor so that I could stay with you. And I'd totally forgotten. Jesus says, when we stand before him one day, we're gonna say, when did I give up my bed? When did I sleep on the floor? When did I clothe the naked? When did I feed the hungry? We won't remember everything we've done. But when you have a new nature, you do so many things, and Jesus says, whatever you sow, you will reap. <clears throat> go 
God has so blessed us that we don't even remember half the things we do to help people or help our own relatives. But when God makes you a changed person from within, everything changes. You do want to keep flying towards Him, living for Him, pursuing Him, hungering and thirsting after Him, wanting Him to guide you, wanting Him to help you to rise up with wings like eagles so that you're hoping in Him, waiting on Him, trusting in Him, leaning on Him. Now, being born again is what God does. You can't make yourself born again. A leopard can't change its spots. And a man can't change his skin. Michael Jackson would disagree with that. But <laughs> apart from Michael Jackson. Uh, neither could you, oh man, change your nature. But God can change your nature. What are we meant to do? What today do you do if you're thinking, I do want to have a relationship with God. If you want a relationship with God, you come and you say, Jesus, I'm yours. It's called believing. I put my trust in you. I've been trusting myself, leading my own life. Now I want to trust you. And I don't even really know how to do that, but I'm yours. Here I am. The other thing you do is you bring all your mess. Here I am, Lord, I'm a mess. I've tried to clean myself up. It's not working. I need you to clean me up. The Bible calls it repent. You bring your sin and say, I'm filthy, Lord. Jesus says, let me take those filthy rags. Let me pay in full for every sin you have committed, are committing, and will commit. Because I still mess up. The righteous man falls seven times but rises again. Jesus says, it is finished. He's paid in full. And you bring yourself just as you are. You don't have to change. Oh, well, I'll come to Jesus just before I die. That's stupid idea. You're missing out on life now. The funny thing was, at 20, um, by the way, I was born 63 years ago today. I was born again when I was 21. And when I was born again, I actually had this thought. No Christian told me this. I thought, I have wasted my life up to now. In, in a way, I had. I had wasted 21 years that I could have had a relationship with God living for things not worthy of worshipping. Not worthy. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you life and give it abundantly. A joy-filled life can only happen when your sins dealt with Forgiven in full, paid for by someone else. That is good news. And Jesus says, come, all you who are weary and thirsty, I will give you rest. So I'd just like to stop there. And let's just close our eyes. Bow your heads. I'm not going to call you to the front or anything. But it may be today you're thinking, I want to know this Jesus. I've seen something in these families or in my neighbours. So if today you're thinking, I do want to know Jesus, I'd love you just to raise your hand where you are and say, yeah, that's me. I want to know him. I want to know him. Just put your hand up where you are. 
So, Father, we pray now for Christ Church Blackpool to see the salvation that only you can bring come to many. And for uh, three young babies to grow up as mighty, uh, mighty in your name, in yes. Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for these families that the blessing of God would come in Jesus' name. And bless our food as we go and fellowship together. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.com.